Hello, and welcome back to the Solutions by Southwest Utility Podcast. My name is Caroline, and today we are continuing our Tell Me Your Story series with Miss Carla De Jesus over at Portico Property Management. Miss Carla has been in the industry for quite a stretch, 15 years, which is absolutely incredible. I'm so excited to sit down with her today, virtually I'll be, but still sitting down and talking about all things wellness and health and uh, just taking care of yourself while you are uh, working and within our industry, but also more importantly, uh, to hear her story. She has been in the industry for so long, and she has a wealth of wisdom uh, in her experience here in multifamily. And so I'm so grateful that she's available today to sit down with us after a great Thanksgiving holiday, um, and we cannot wait to hear what she's got for us. So Carla, say, hey, tell us a little bit about you and who you are. Hello, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me on. It's it's a pleasure to be able to share my story. It's an honor, honestly, to be able to do that. So who I am? Well, like you said, I've been in the industry for 15 years. I feel like it's been all of my life, <laughs> at least all of my adult life, because it really has. I've been in the industry since I was 18. Wow. So right out of essentially high school. Um, and it's honestly, I didn't expect to be in this business. Um, I think like most people, right? Most people, when you ask them, how did you get into multifamily? It's always an accident. So it's never like, hey, I woke up or I graduated high school and like, I want to be a property manager, yes. you know, for the rest of my life, or I want to be in multifamily for the rest of my life. So it kind of happened the same way um, for me. And I haven't looked back ever since. And so <laughs> I love it so much. Um, I started in this business, um, like I said, almost right out of high school. I got married very young, um, was in school um, as a newlywed. I was getting my degree in education um, in Florida and I needed a job, obviously, right? I was a newlywed and we were living together in a little tiny, like 500 square foot apartment. And so- <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, okay, I need a job. I was working in retail, which, you know, retail, it is not forgiving with your schedule at all. So I needed something to, um, that was a little bit more like, you know, predictable. So I needed, I needed to be at a job where I was full-time, um, because I was going to school full-time and working full-time. Um, but I also needed something that allowed me to, to study, right. And to be successful in school. Um, and so I had a friend that had a friend that was a assistant manager and she was like, Hey, they're looking for leasing. You're, you know, personable. And like, you know, if you work retail, you have to be friendly. So this would be a good fit. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I've never looked back since. And I literally was about to graduate. Um, I was at my very, like the very end of my degree where I was doing uh, like observations. When you're in education, you have to do like observations at the end of your, um, like your final semesters to kind of, you know, get your bachelor's or whatever. And so um, I had to reconsider everything that I was doing. I was like, okay, I, do I want to do this? You know, do I really want to be in education, which I still love teaching. And I do that even now in this industry, I, I love teaching people. Um, but I just realized I didn't want to, I didn't have the passion for that. I grew a passion for multifamily. Um, so I made the decision to say, you know what, 
I'm going to scrap this education thing. (laughs) I am going to get my business degree. So that's what I did. Holy cow. So you went all the way through and then you said, nope, just kidding. We're going to. Exactly. Oh my gosh. What was your biggest takeaway? Do you think from studying education for as long as you did, like if you could think back and reflect on what was the biggest takeaway from, um, that, I guess that journey and, and how you've been able to implement it now within, within multifamily. I mean, obviously teaching people, right. Right. I mean, as a leader, you do that, but is there anything specific that thinking back, you can remember that, Oh, I'm so glad I did that because it is so helpful today as I lead in this industry. Yeah. Honestly, the, the most vivid memory I have is going into a classroom and talking to the teacher um, and they gave you their insight. I mean, some of these teachers that were, were selected to do, you know, to mentor essentially the person that was there. So she had 30 years. She's been in the business for 30 years and she was just like, trust me, you don't want to do this. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, I don't think you're supposed to be telling me that, but, right. you know. <laughs> um, but she just kind of went into what teaching is like and the kids you can tell you know some of the kids were super resilient and some of them just struggled and you know she would tell me like sometimes these kids and it was elementary school so she's like sometimes they come in here and they haven't had breakfast and you know they they're dirty their hair's unkept like you know that there's something going on in their personal life right and so you have to kind of find a way to influence these kids in a positive way, even though you know that when they're home, their life is probably a living hell. Mm -hmm. And so that to me, I I still remember that. Um, Yeah. And it, and it helps me now because in, in reality, it's the same, right? You go to work and you are expected to kind of put up a front and say, Hey, I'm here to do work and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to put my best foot forward. But, you know, a lot of us have struggles, you know, everybody has something that they're dealing with at home and whether that's minor or whether it's a major thing, um, you still have to, you still have to deal with it, you know, and as a leader, um, I have to deal with that, you know, with, with my teams, because there's things in their personal life that happen that they're inevitably going to affect their their, you know, their performance. And so mm-hmm. that's huge. I, and I think I appreciate you saying that too, because I don't, you know, I think we all subconsciously are aware of that. Right. But I don't know if we actually say that out loud enough. Like there is, there are so many, sometimes huge things happening in the lives of the people that we work with, the people that we right. serve, the people that live in our communities, like all of those things. And to just be conscious of it and to be aware of it. Um, it is, <laughs> it's so important. I, I, I chuckle because we say that and it sounds obvious because, mm-hmm. but the reality is that for a lot of people, it isn't, it, it just, yeah. it isn't, but, um, it's very, very, very important. Uh, so I love that. I love that you were able to take that experience studying education and almost pursuing it and be able to translate it in such a way that it is, um, impactful to those that you lead now in our industry. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's great. I, I, I really think that's cool that you were able to take that and, and implement it here. You mentioned a couple of times when you were telling us your story 
I'm here and I haven't turned back. I'm here and I haven't turned back. I haven't done anything else. This is it. So what do you think it is? Why? Like, why have you stayed in the industry for so long? What about it is like glue free? What do you love about it? I mean, honestly, I feel like it's at first it was like, I found this thing I'm good at. Um, you know, I've been able to grow and learn and be successful and, and it's happened so quickly. Like to me, I know it's 15 years and it seems like a lot, but it, it doesn't really seem like that much to me. Um, but honestly, I feel like it's the people. I know that's so cliche to say, but at first I'm like, okay, I'm successful. I can do this. Like I got promoted from a leasing to an assistant, like three months. Wow. God knows why they did that, but <laughs> I, that's awesome. Really, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like I just saw that I could, uh, you know, be successful and it came easy to me. And so I think that's kind of the reason why initially I was like, yeah, I love this. I love this business. And then when I became a manager um, and I was a manager for a while and moved around with several different companies, all for good reason, obviously, but um, I just, my passion changed to like people. So like seeing my team succeed, you know, really investing in them. Um, And even at this level now as a regional director, like it's even more important. Um, than being a manager, uh, just giving my people the tools and learning like what I learned throughout the years and implementing that and applying it with my team. Like now I'm like, okay, what drives me is seeing that I can lead my team to, for them to be successful. Like, so their success is really what drives me right now. That that's good. That, and that transformation too, from going from starting as a leasing agent to now being a regional director, right? And and mm-hmm. and watching your passion evolve, um, and, and now wanting that same success that you've enjoyed and that you've grown into for your team, um, I think that makes good late good leaders great. Um, talk to me about leadership. Talk to me about, um, in, in your mind, what makes leaders in our world great. Um, and I love mentorship. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. My mentor is not multifamily, but my, um, my boss, the owner of this company who obviously is in the industry is another mentor of mine. And I'm obsessed with it. I think that we can learn so much from people who have gone before us, people who have, um, failed so much people who have succeeded so much. I just think there's so much to learn from them. So I love mentorship. So my point in saying that is when you tell me about leadership and what you think makes leaders great in our world, is there a particular person that comes to mind that poured into you, that led you, that mentored you to help you become this great professional now in the industry that you are? Yeah, no, leadership is honestly uh, one of those intangible skills that you can't teach, right? Like, and there's so many things in this industry that like there's so many uh, software systems and especially now with technology evolving so much, yes. um, you can teach a lot of things, right? You can teach somebody how to read a ledger or a lease or, you know, type something or whatever. Um, but leadership is is one of those qualities that you can learn. You absolutely can learn. I feel like leadership is definitely, well, a a good leader, right? A strong leader is going to know how to influence their people. 
people is the most important thing when you're a leader, obviously, because if you don't have people, who are you leading, right? And so if you don't have people um, under you that you're influencing, Mm -hmm. uh, that you're helping to grow, that you're, you know, developing, it's, you're a manager, you're not a leader, right? Mm -hmm. And so to me, I I had an interview, it was like, honestly, the toughest interview I've had as a manager for this company. And, and that was the one question that I was like, dang, this is a hard question. He asked me, it was with a, v, uh, a president, actually, at that time. Um, he was like, what do you think the difference is between managing and leading? And it kind of stumped me. You know, I was kind of in the middle of my career. So I was still learning things. And he was so humble and took the time to say, hey, here's what I think. Um, and it's literally has stuck with me the entire time. And that's really what he gave me. Like, that's what I took away from it is a leader is somebody who's going to influence and who's going to develop their team, who's going to take the time, you know, to really pour into them. And a manager is just somebody who's going to tell them what to do, um, but not really teach them. And so ever since then, I've ran with that, um, with that definition and really try to apply it in my life. And then if, if I really look back, I, I have had a lot of different leaders in my life, some obviously amazing and others not so much. And so I feel like I've taken little bits and pieces of everybody with me, you know, things not to do and, and bad examples and then really amazing examples. And so, and I've kind of like blended my own like, way of doing things. And one of those people for me was my regional manager um, at Amley. I worked for Amley for about two years, I think almost. Um, and it was a ve- that culture of that, of that um, company is definitely really, really solid. And so um, one thing that I learned, I went and I started with them in an acquisition and then I actually ended up being able to do my first lease up with them. Oh, cool. And my, yeah, it was super fun. Um, my regional there, her name was Stephanie. She literally was like, is the embodiment of what I like to be and I strive to be on a daily basis. So the one thing I loved about her was she was so personable, so easy to talk to. I mean, even down to like the toughest conversations, you know, and going in, into a lease up in a tough market that there was a lot of competition and South Florida is that market. Yes. Um, it's tough out there. So we had difficult moments where leasing wasn't the best and, you know, we had to really like work hard. And, you know, I remember crying with her and be like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. What, you know, what's going on? And she was just there like, it's okay. Like, you know, we're, you're going to make it through, like, you're a good, you know, employee, you're working hard, like, I see everything you're doing, um, and that was great, it was great to feel like I can have, you know, my boss, like, to fall back on, but also, she had high expectations, right, mm-hmm. so I knew, like, I needed to work hard for her, because she was going to back me up, yeah, and, um, and she knew my strengths and she knew my weaknesses and she really helped me develop, um, the sides that I wasn't strong at. So I remember having like one, you know, performance review with her where she was like, you're kind of struggling in marketing and, you know, getting out there. And that's huge when you're in a lease up. Yeah. And then at the end of, you know, the following review, she was like, you have taken 
this thing that was your weakness and you've actually made it your strength and here's where you know you yeah and she's she helped me through that process because she gave me you know insight and she gave me resources and you know she she gave me tips and best practices and so to me I feel like that was more of a credit to her as a leader than it was to me like to develop those things because if I didn't have somebody like her yeah you this is your weakness but I know you can do it and here's the resources I wouldn't have been able to do that or if maybe I would have gotten there but it would have taken me so much longer to get there so right no and I think important too no keep going keep going what are you gonna say kudos kudos to her is what I'm saying and she's definitely amazing and we're still friends to today so don't you love that and and that's so funny about our industry like you build relationships and um people join new teams or you know jump management to supplier side or whatever and you those relationships are still like they they last yeah it's like a massive industry but it feels very small everybody kind of learns who everybody is um and if you're a people person you tend to stick around so yeah (laughs) awesome i think it's great and i love that your reflection of her was that she developed your weaknesses like she she could see, you know, this is what you're really, really, really good at. And this is where we can develop. And then this is where we can improve. And she had high expectations and held you accountable to them. Um, I, I can appreciate that because I, I think her perspective was totally on point. And I'm sure you would say the same now as a leader with a team and, you know, lots of people that you lead, um, to be able to identify within, um, within our our little community of people that we serve you know you excel here you're a rock star here this is like this is your thing maybe it is marketing you're really 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 good at that and you know maybe talking on the phone you're just poop at and that's okay we can we can work on that we can work on talking on the phone um and and not being so busy right too busy to to help people grow, to help people develop, to help people become better versions of themselves. Um, It's very special. And, you know, as somebody who was on the receiving end of that, starting out in the industry, right, you had this person pour into you. Now within your leadership role or, or, you know, a larger leadership role, you can look back and, and say, that was so important, right? That impacted me so positively that like that is how I'm going to lead. That's how I'm going to take care of my people and pour into them. Uh, so there's like this, this domino effect that you get to watch with people who grow up in the industry and seeing, you know, if I could look back 10 people and see who poured into you and now watch you pour into your people, it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's really cool. And mentorship is just it's, it's powerful, especially in multifamily, I think, because you do have so many people who have, they spend so much time in this industry, right? Like really have grown up in it and, um, started out as leasing agents and are now running management companies, Exactly. you know, (laughs) and, uh, building those long lasting relationships and watching those people grow. It's just, it's really powerful, especially as somebody who has not been in the industry for as long as my colleagues have. I'm coming up on five years, so still a bit of a noob. Um, <laughs> but watching all of these seasoned leaders lead is very refreshing. It's very refreshing. Um, 
Let's talk about wellness, Carla. Let's talk about wellness and taking care of ourselves and our people. So let's start with this. You tell me, what does wellness mean to you? So it's funny um, because I, I thought about this question and then I also looked it up after I wrote it out because I did write, I wanted to write it out because I wanted to make sure that I knew yes. like, how to properly articulate it, right? I mean, it, it is, I feel like a subjective thing, yeah. um, right? Because wellness to me might mean one thing and wellness to somebody else might mean another. But to me, when I thought about it, um, it I'll tell you first what it doesn't mean that's kind of how I started it in my head. Um, it doesn't mean that you have everything together. That's point blank. Like let's set the tone for that um, definition just by saying that wellness does not mean that your life is perfect and you're super healthy and mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of that. Um, but to me, what it does mean is that you have the ability to acquire that skill set, right? So you have the ability and the tools to handle life in a healthy way. And so to me, that's what wellness means. It is definitely a personal um, definition. Um, but um, I just think, again, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't signify that you got it all together. So I love that. The ability and tools to handle life in a healthy way. Do you think there's a difference? between personal wellness and professional wellness? Um, yes, I mean, I, I do and I don't at the same time. So I think personal wellness absolutely comes first before professional wellness to me, right? And so there are tools that you can acquire, you know, during your journey to personal wellness that you can use in a professional manner. And so to me, I think before you even think about, you know, how do you handle wellness at your job or your career, um, you have to be able to handle things personally. Mm. Yes. I think so too. I think so too. I think we hear, what is the common phrase? It's like, check your baggage at the door or something. Yes. Right. Oh like goodness. leave yeah. that at home or don't, you know, don't bring your personal life to work. Yes. I think to a certain degree, right? Like work is work and home is home. But if you can't take care of home and you can't take care of you, it would be irresponsible of me as your leader to assume that you're going to be a hundred percent here. Like exactly, you have to take care of you. You don't take care of you. You're not going to give me a hundred percent of you. That, and that, exactly. like, mm -hmm. Let's, let's talk about that. You, you have to take care of you before I can expect you to give any part of yourself to your team, to your residents, to your vendor partners, to your boss, to, you know, the investing group, the owners, whomever, you have to be able to take care of you first. Yeah. And a lot of things depend on that, right? I mean, yes. even at the, even at the frontline level, like I know as regionals, you always talk about your managers or, you know, your direct reports, um, but on leasing consultant is the bread and butter of our business. And so if they, if they're coming to work and they're stressed out or they're having personal issues, you know, chances are A, they're going to call out <laughs> because they're having personal issues or, you know, mental health issues mm -hmm. um, or physical issues. And that creates a domino effect in itself, you know, so now your assistant has to step up and their, their duties are affected. And then if their duties are affected, then the manager is affected. And like, it's just more... It, it is so important 
to make sure that on every level of your team, everybody's doing okay. So it's not just your manager, because you know we always say the buck stops with them, right, on the property. But it really it does, but it also has an effect on the rest of the team, right? So if the team is not doing well, chances all chances are it's going to roll up. Yes. Here, right. So that's 100%. just on every level, it's important. One hundred percent. How do you? Let's say you're a manager. You've just been promoted to a property manager, and you you've been on the property for a while, but you have a team obviously that you're leading. How do I, as property manager, Caroline, make sure that my team is okay? And if, if there is somebody that's not, um, what can I do to help them get okay? Is that correct English? I'm not sure. How do we, how do we we make sure that our people prioritize taking care of themselves on site? Yeah, so I think that's a really good question. And I think before you can answer that, you have to understand the strategy. So a lot of the times, like you were saying before, we tell people check your bags at the door. Um, And that's such a antiquated way of leading, right? So I I remember hearing that when I was leasing consultant, like in team meetings, like I get, you know, everybody has drama, everybody has things, but you know, this is your job and like, you need to check it at the door. And while I understand the concept, I think, again, going back to leadership and how it relates to wellness, a big part of your team's wellness is you being able to get to know them yes you know like so if you want to be able to influence them and give them that the tools that they need to be well even if they're not you know doing it on their own is getting to know your team you have to get to know like I can't stress that enough like that's something that I've learned through my tenure is I you know wasn't a manager early on and kind of went guns blazing and it was the worst thing that I could have ever done. But again, I was young and, you know, really new to that role and didn't quite understand leadership the way that I needed to. Um, But as I am growing, I'm understanding even more and um, kind of come to that realization very early on because I did not have a lot of success at the beginning of being a manager. Um, I will admit that um, is how important it is to get to know your team. And there is a way to do that and still have expectations on them mm-hmm. and still, you know, coach them through difficult situations, you know, and still give them feedback. And it, there is absolutely, I am 100% convinced there is a way to do that because I've seen it. Um, I've seen it happen with me, with good leader, leaders that have taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been able to do that with my teams too. Hey guys, this is Caroline jumping in here real quick. First of all, thank you so much for checking out our podcast and tuning into this episode. I hope you are getting value from it. I hope that you are enjoying it. Uh, We are so thankful for the community that we've built that engages with this podcast and tunes in to hear what our guests have to say. So I just wanted to jump in real fast, say thanks, and then give you a couple of seconds on who we are um, since you did find our company podcast. Southwest Utility Solutions is a utility billing, utility management, and water 
or conservation provider for people who own or manage multifamily communities. We do utility billing differently in the industry that we're all a part of. Um, we approach data differently. We approach problem solving differently. We approach utility revenue differently. It's something we're very passionate about, helping our property owners maximize their utility recovery and their utility revenue. For more information on what we do and who we are, feel free to reach out. Um, You can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm super active on there and I'd love to meet you. You can also visit our website to learn more at swutilitysolutions.com. Okay, guys, back to the episode. Getting to know your team. That's the most important thing. Because when you get to know them, right, then you have the ability to be empathetic with them. Like I can sit with you and just like you did with your regional back in the day, I can sit down, I can cry with you. I can be there. And then at the same breath, I can say, all right, let's clean it up. What are we going to do about it? Exactly. Right. Like I I can feel it. I can feel the emotion. I can be present with you in it, but then I can also in the same breath say, all right, so what are we going to do? Right. Let's talk about the actionable here. And if that is collecting ourselves and going home for the day, that's okay. But that's going to be the actionable. (laughs) What are we going to do? Right. Absolutely. But you Uh, can't get, you can't help them. You know, if they're not going to open up to you and you also can't assume that they're going to open up to you because you're their manager. Right. That's something that you have to gain like an influence over their lives. Like it's something that's earned. It's not something that is just going to happen automatically. Uh, You're right. It's all based on trust. Like I have to, I always tell my family this. And as soon as my daughter understands what I'm saying, I will tell her this this is retaining only so much. Um, But you teach people how you want to be treated and respected by how you treat them. And so your team, right? Like if I expect you to be open, honest, and transparent with me, then I'm going to communicate vulnerability to you. And I'm going to share with you, Hey, like it's been a rough month. Let's talk about it. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I had uh, a rough weekend and while I'll, you know, I'll spare you the details, but I just want to let you know that, um, if, if I seem a little off, it's important to me that you're aware of that because I'm your leader and I want, I want you to trust me and I'm going to be open and honest with you. And now I've I've given that to you. I've opened up Mm -hmm. the doors there and I'm, I'm being authentic. I'm being vulnerable. I'm letting my guard down. I'm still your leader, but I'm letting my guard down a little bit. I expect that from you. Um, and I think also you, you have to be careful, right? You ride this wave of, am I your friend or am I your, you know, your colleague, am I your leader? And I think that new people, new young professionals, new professionals, especially people in multifamily, because it is so people centered. Sometimes we get (laughs) maybe confused is not the right word, but we assume that empathy and authenticity and trust is you're my best friend. And so you're not going to hold me accountable now. Right. But that's not what that means. Mm -hmm. That means that I expect vulnerability and authenticity from you, but I'm still your leader and I'm here to cheer you on. I'm here to help grow and develop, but um, no, like we, there is still a common goal here, friend. Like we got to (laughs) Right. (laughs) I a hundred percent agree. That is literally my sentiment 
24 seven with my teams. It's like, I am going to be here to cheer you on to, you know, coach you, but I'm also going to be the one digging in and making sure that you're doing what you need to do, not because, you know, I want to micromanage or not because, right. you know, I am questioning your, you know, capabilities, but because I want to see you excel. Like those are the people that you, you know, pour more into and are more like, okay, I know you got this, you hit this goal, but here's another goal. Like, I know we can smash it. I know you can do it, you know? So it's like, it's again, a balance, a balance between being your, not your friend. I know it's a friendship, right? You build relationships, but it's more like, I'm going to build this relationship with you on, on a personal level, but also professionally at the same time. It's just, it's a unique concept i think um still in our business which is interesting to me because i i knew about this very early on like i learned it through the process um but i still think that we haven't as an industry gotten there yet you know it's some some companies got it down pat other companies don't <laughs> so i think you're right i think you're totally right and that was that was my next question for you was i mean do you think as an industry um we're close do you think that we're 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 headed in the right direction do we like do we do a good job as multifamily of prioritizing wellness but but also that balance that we're talking about that i care about you i want you to succeed and be fruitful but also you know I, i'm i'm gonna lead you and sometimes leadership requires hard conversations and uncomfortable stuff but it's it doesn't mean it's bad stuff um it's to grow and to develop do you think i guess my question is do you think as an industry we're doing all that we can be doing right now that's a good question too i think okay so i i think when i look back um from when i first started in the business we've come a long way yeah. we have come a long way as an industry and we have been able to adopt things that maybe other industries are doing to help their employees, right? And so, you know, that's where we get the employee assistance programs from. And that's where we get, you know, like companies that I've worked for that have um, the ability for you to donate your time to other employees, you know, to um, help them in the time of need, you know. I think we've, we've been able to develop these sort of like programs of wellness, you know, that's why you have some companies where they have literally a whole system built out where you can earn points by being healthy and you know mental um, health and wellness and all of that. I think where we still maybe have a little bit of room is like at the top level, and I mean top level like my position and higher, um, really like rolling up your sleeves and digging in with your teams. Like don't just high level, deal with your employees and when i mean employees i mean like from your manager down right down to the porter housekeeper like it's do are you pouring in to make sure that those resources that your team your your company has allocated so much money to are getting used the appropriate way like is your team taking advantage of all the tools that they have available to them now so but that starts at our level right making sure that our teams have those resources and they know about them that's the important part the awareness of it right like it doesn't do you any good to have a whole library of tools but to not know what's within reach and what you have access to 
Um, who was I talking to the other day? Um, probably, I can't remember who I was talking to, but they, um, he, uh, Moshi, I was talking to Moshi. Moshi's fabulous. Moshi and I are um, connections on LinkedIn. And we were talking about um, being on site with your teams and how foolish it is to, um, to lead a group of people, but to not be willing to get in the trenches and work alongside them to understand what they're doing. And he, he and I had a phone call a couple of weeks ago, you know, called me up and Moshi's great. And he was telling me, he's like, I've got a great piece of advice for you, Caroline. Like, give me your best piece of advice. Moshi. Tell me what's up. Give me your best piece of advice. And he's on the management side, obviously, and I'm on the supplier side. And he said, you need to go sit down with, with your customers. You need to go sit on site. You need to go sit down with your regionals. You need to go sit with your managers. You need to go learn everything that they do. I'm like, Moshi, you're right. That's what I did my first two years here. That's you're correct, Moshi. I agree with that advice. And I think, you know, my perspective is a little different, right? Because I'm not on site, but serving those that are on site, I would say the same. I would say mm -hmm. to my supplier partners that are listening, if we're all serving the same goal here, and that is the community, that is this, um, that is somebody's home. And I, I feel like I always say this in every episode, this is such an intimate business. Oh, like, yeah. We are literally providing homes for people. They are raising their families. They are starting their families. Some of them are, this is their first breath of independence. This is for some of them, this is their last breath of independence. Like this is, this is their home and it's so intimate and management and, and ownership, obviously it's, it's ridiculously intimate because you guys are there and you're, you are. Um, boots on the ground with the people who call those units home. Um, but on the supplier and supporting side, it's still the same objective. Like let's serve the community, which right. is somebody's home, but for the individual or group that owns it, that's their legacy that they're leaving for their family. And to serve um, with the same common goal in mind, but to not but to not consider what it's like to be on the site, what it's like to be in the trenches, what it's like to sit in the manager's chair, to sit in the leasing agent's chair, to sit in the maintenance tech's chair or in his boots as he's walking nonstop all day long. Um, yep. It's foolish, it's silly because you don't really understand and you prevent yourself from being able to be empathetic. I, like, right. I can't fully understand your problems, your pain points, right? Like. I can't be the best supplier possible for you if I don't understand, okay, this is actually frustrating to you. This is not <laughs> like I've mm -hmm. created this problem for you and that's annoying. <laughs> and I'm selling you the solution for this arbitrary product that right. you actually don't care about, but this sucks <laughs> and this thing is really painful. And I know because, and I'm, I'm speaking broadly here, like I being a suppliers in general, right, right. because I've taken the time to sit down with on-site teams with managers with regionals and um like i'm serving you but I'm, I'm i'm serving with the same goal that you have and that is to take care of your property right, right. um and so i think you're right i think that starts with um a, 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 in a huge way with leadership and you being equipped to support your team in that way right um, and you, in the same vein of knowing what you have access to, you have to know what you have access to, to be able to serve mm -hmm. your people. 
um, and, and getting to know them. God, I love that. You have to know your people. You have to know your people. You have to know what's motivating your people. Why are they doing what they're doing? Why are they in this industry? Why are they still here? What kept them for 15 years? You know what I mean? And what their goals are. Like and what their goals know, are. You have to know what their goals are because it's, again, if it's something that's external, then that's also good. It, I mean, there's plenty of people who are leasing consultants and they're doing leasing for the same reason that I was, which is I needed a, a stable schedule to get through school, you know, and maybe this isn't the end of, you know, this isn't the, the career that they want, but that's fine too, because you still have people who are, that are passionate. You know, and again, everything that they use in multifamily, you know, can be used in other businesses and in other industries. Um, but yeah, again, and then and to your point, you we're in a customer service industry, right? So this is absolutely customer facing and it's a service. Even though we do have a product, we also right. have a service. We have a unique blend of those two things. And so if I'm not providing that service to my team, but then I turn around and tell them you have to provide that service to the residents, to your, you know, your clients, you know, your customers, internal, external, Mm -hmm. how is that going to work? You know, like it's, it's just not something that they're able to see as an example. So how are they going to implement it if you're not implementing it as a company or as a leader to them? Like, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You, you model, right. You model the behavior that you expect from your team. Right. I don't model that for you. If I don't lead by example, then it's irresponsible for me to expect the same from you because you haven't been, you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it in action. I haven't given you anything to go off of. Um, it is so important. I am, I am very passionate about that too. Just like you are. (laughs) I think that is very, very, very important. Um, and I think that, uh, you are correct. I think I have not been in the industry for as long as you have. So I'm so grateful for your wisdom, but the few years that I have been a part of the industry and joining it from, you know, same, same kind of vein, it felt like I didn't realize this is where I was going to be, but here I am. And I'm super excited and I'm grateful to be here. Um, but same kind of story, right. Working in college, married young, supporting my family and, um, my, well, that's a story for another day, but my point is I got started in this business when I was in college still, um, but watching it grow, even in that short period of time, watching companies become more people focused and prioritizing, Mm -hmm. taking care of their people. Um, it's been refreshing, I think is the word it's been refreshing. Um, Carla, I have kept you very, very, very long. Tell me this, and then we'll wrap. What is your best piece of advice for somebody who is new to the industry? What's your best piece of advice for them as they get started in multifamily? Um, I think my biggest piece of advice is going to be be patient with yourself there is so much to learn about multifamily. Um, So many, again, so many different technologies, so many different laws, you know, so, and you do have to kind of learn that, you know, even if you're starting up as a leasing consultant, 
Um, so number one, be patient with yourself Be flexible because you are going to make mistakes and plenty of them <laughs> and that's okay. Um, and that is perfectly fine. Um, and just be open to learning beyond your job description. I think that's like the number one thing because it is really what's going to give you that value within your, within your property, within your company, within the industry, I think, and just in general, being open to learning new things and doing things beyond like your basic leasing responsibilities or basic maintenance responsibilities. It's just being open to new opportunities. I love that. I love that. I think that's solid advice. And I think um, I appreciate your vulnerability earlier when you were like, when I was a manager, I didn't do it right. And I can look back and I can learn from that. And I think a lot of that right now um, can be achieved by doing what you've just advised our noobs to do, to be patient, to be flexible, <laughs> and to be open to learning, um, to learning responsibilities, roles, um, things outside of your role. And if you're on the supplier side and you're listening to this episode, I would encourage you to do the exact same thing, not only for the capacity that you serve in within your company, but also um, for the individual within the capacity that is your decision maker, that is your solution reaper, the person who gets what you are ultimately trying to provide you know, the same applies, understanding that this is a learning process for them, that you have a lot to learn yourself, that we collectively should apply these same principles to be patient, to be flexible, to learn about roles outside of our own and not even just roles, companies outside of ourselves, communities outside of our own to understand this is working here what would that look like for my team? That's working there. How would that look for my my property, right? Um, and to be able to take take all the good stuff in the industry and try yeah. out the one great system with them. Yeah, awesome. on the supplier side, honestly, that is super huge. I mean, now that I'm in this role, I kind of have more of that, you know, face-to-face -face interaction and it, it helps if you understand like what the teams are going through, how their day-to-day -day works, you know, that helps you provide solutions that are more innovative and, you know, more dynamic. Yeah, that's, that's huge. It, uh, I think what was the, the best thing I learned early on, stay away from the leasing office the first week of the month. Absolutely. <laughs> and on Mondays. <laughs> and on Mondays, like, just don't Any come. other day is fine. <laughs> just don't come. I learned that real early on. Like, it's the first month. Hey, it's Caroline. How are you? Not well. Nope. Please call me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so true. The things you learn, right? Like the nuances oh. of multifamily. Yep. <laughs> Carla, you are a blast and you are so wise. And I'm so thankful for your experience, your story, all of your wisdom, um, and for your insight too, because you have um you have incredible perspective and your um your tips and everything that you've shared with us today is just it's so valuable. And I know that there is so much to be learned from this episode in particular. Um, I appreciate your authenticity and your vulnerability um, and for just being raw with us. Uh, the Monday after Thanksgiving, which is a rough Monday to be raw on. So thank you. Uh, we appreciate you. 
Um, for those that are listening, thank you so much for hanging out with us, um, whatever time of day it is that you are tuning in. We're so thankful for the community that we have on this platform. If you have friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from listening to this episode with Ms. Carla, you can tell them that they can access the Solutions by Southwest Utility podcast on any podcast platform that you can listen to a podcast on. We are all over the place, folks, so you can find us um, in all the podcast spaces. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes of our Tell Me Your Story series. We're so thankful for each one of you guys, and we can't wait to chat again soon. All right, talk to you later, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>